The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Welcome to Energy Matters to You. My name is Leo Ryan, as always, joined by my colleague and co-host, Ron Galuli. Ron, good to have you in the house. Good morning. Good to see you, Leo. Sun's out. We dropped in temperature, though. We haven't really got a full spring yet. Yeah, we got some uh, warm weather next week as we head into uh, marathon month. You on the surfboard at all? Uh, not yet. I'm hoping to in the next month or so. Yeah, not since December, unfortunately. You got to have a thick neoprene la- layer for that. Yeah, it's bulletproof. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we're going to talk about uh, energy efficiency and the uh, electrification of our, our workplaces and, and homes and schools and, and, and buildings. But before that, Ron, it's a huge challenge when you talk about the environmental issue of decarbonizing, especially when it comes to uh, manufacturing. And I know that uh, you recently had a meeting with the Rhode Island manufacturers. Yeah, in fact, last week I was with the Rhode Island Manufacturers Association and did sit next to the president. And big concern about the climate activists in Rhode Island really pushing to stop investing in gas infrastructure without any viable solutions for either their space heating or the heating that they use in their process. The very next day, coincidentally, Canary Media had a big article about gas infrastructure in New York and the challenges facing trying to decarbonize while maintaining that system and not having the rates get too high for customers. So for example, a 2% drop in the gas usage over through 2040, for example, might result in four times the price of gas because you have that same cost to amortize over that time with fewer customers. So it's a real big problem and it's complicated. And I don't think there's any really good solutions on the table on how to transition that energy source. So big, complicated solutions. I think we probably need engineers involved in this. Good segue into our (laughs) guests today. So we've got some great guests. We've got a a team from B2Q, a Massachusetts company. I'm going to welcome uh, Joe Boisvert online. Joe, welcome to Energy Matters to you. Good morning, Leo. Good morning, Ron. Thanks for having us. So I want to just uh, allow you to introduce yourself, your colleague, and, and B2Q to launch us off. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Joe Boiser. I'm a senior project manager and senior mechanical engineer with P2Q Associates. Been with the company for about 10 years. Hi, Joe. Yeah, and I'm uh, Joe Bliss, uh, another Joe, um, another senior project manager and senior mechanical engineer. Been with uh, B2Q for just about 12 years now. Beautiful. So before we just dive into all the complexities that Ron has set us up with, uh, why don't you just give us the uh, 10,000 view of B2Q? Uh, how you get started, who you serve, the kinds of problems that you're engaged in. Happy to do that. Yeah, B- B2Q Associates, we're an engineering consulting firm that specializes in MEP design, energy efficiency, utility infrastructure, and new and existing building commissioning for commercial, industrial, higher ed, healthcare, and utility clients. I'd like to consider ourselves unique because we take a customized approach for each project depending on the client's objectives, but ultimately, We like to think of ourselves as an extension to the client's organization that they can rely on to make decisions as if we were the ones that had to maintain and operate the systems on a daily basis after they're designed and constructed. 
So just leaning in, geography that you cover, it's particular industries and, and types of buildings. Want to give us a background on that? Yeah, we are primarily in, in the New England area. I'd say mostly Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and a little bit in New York, and pretty much all sectors with exception to residential. But we have a real focus in healthcare, labs, higher ed, and commercial buildings. And talk a little bit about the, the growth of the company, like how you get started and who the initiator were and, and what makes the, the company unique. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so we've been around for over 20 years now. We had actually had our 20-year anniversary party in November last year, which was pretty exciting. We are founded by Paul Banks. He's the B and B2Q, Paul and Nancy Banks. So Paul was the uh, CEO of Vanderweil Engineers for, for many years decided to quit the big firm and start his own smaller firm so he could be at home with his family as their kids were growing up and uh, started out small, just a couple people for several years until the kids made it to college. And then uh, ever since probably 2007 or eight, things have been um, been slowly growing bigger and bigger. Uh, I joined in 2011. I think Joe was in 2012 or 13 um, as some, one of the earlier employees and uh, things have been growing ever ever since. Um, as far as you know, how how we serve our clients, uh, as Joe mentioned, we're definitely very owner focused. We want to want to help the the people who are you know in it for the long haul, trying to get their buildings as sustainable and comfortable as possible. And I think you know the main the main differentiator for us is that you know we're not just an energy firm and we're not just a design firm. We're both, and because we do so much on ter- in terms of the energy efficiency, auditing, study side of things, it makes our designers better. And because we do a lot of design, it makes our, our energy auditors better because they're more grounded in, in what really works in the real world. So it's, uh, it's part of our DNA to be, to be able to do both. Well, Joe Bliss, I'm going to continue with you because you and I have had some crossover right in my town of Natick. And um, we're, we're challenged. We've got a, a, big, a big library, and uh, it happens to be one of the larger energy um, structures that we have on the municipal footprint. And we're really, it's, it's a complex process of trying to make this building efficient and, and make it electric. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, great, a great test case for, for what is happening in thousands and thousands of buildings across Massachusetts and all over, across the whole state in that you've got existing gas-fired boilers that are getting to the end of how long they should last. And you've got an existing chiller that is already on its last legs. It's missing, it lost a compressor and and limping by every summer trying to keep the building comfortable. And, you know, the, the town needs to do something. And uh, as you talked about on a previous episode, you know, you could go with the the more straightforward approach, just replace the chiller, replace the boilers, keep it all status quo. But, you know, the town and the state and everybody has all these great commitments to to decarbonize. And, you know, the solutions are out there and we've helped, helped put together a solution, but it it's uh, definitely a challenge economically with the you know the incremental cost of going with the the more sustainable approach, um, luckily Natick is such a great you know leader by example that you're able to as the energy committee and uh, with your sustainability team with the town work through some of the great opportunities that are out there in terms of state funding through the Green Communities Grant. You know, I think Natick was one of the first to receive that that five hundred thousand dollar decarbonization you know mega grant. And then as well as some of the federal funding that's out there and the town was able to put up some of its own capital funding. So it's a, it's a complicated piece to, to make, these, make these numbers work. So that's the hard part. And then for us on the engineering side, we, you know, we're helping with the technical solution to, you know, to put that money to good use and bring the carbon footprint down as, as much as we possibly can. Yeah, that's beautiful. Joe, you covered a lot of territory there. 
you made a statement about um, you know the solutions are out there and uh, you've got you, you sit in a kind of a unique perspective because you're looking across a whole bunch of different types of industries all different ages of buildings and that's a little bit of an unfair question but is there is there any kind of common common element uh, um, impediment or obstacle that you see for the implementation of these clean energy electric based solutions is there is there a common you know, friction that's, that's, that's stopping the implementation? Yeah, great question. Uh, there, there's a lot, actually. So I actually just gave a presentation to the Massachusetts Facilities Administrators Association, you know, sort of the facilities managers for, for all the different towns in Massachusetts, about some of the different lessons learned and challenges we have. And, and the, the list is long. There's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot, of, a lot of pain points that, as an engineer, we need to be aware of and make sure we steer clear of. But the two, the two biggest ones that, that we've been seeing, one is the service capacity, the electrical capacity for the building. You know, how much juice can you actually get from, from Eversource or National Grid or whoever your electric company is? And then the other one is how to operate in the coldest temperatures of the year. So on the, on the serv- electrical service side of things, you know, a lot of these older buildings that you know, weren't designed with air conditioning you know, or, or were designed for pretty minimal and sort of electrical demand, you know they they're going to need to get an upgrade from from the utility. You're going to need uh, you know new transformers, new new wiring, new feeders, new switchboards, all that kind of stuff to to be able to support the extra the electric electricity that's being used as opposed to the natural gas. Um, and that that's a complicated process that requires a lot of stakeholders to give their input. Oh, that's a great uh, input. I mean, I see that even on a, a household level, you're going to change out your solar, so you, you know, and add solar to the house, you got to add the panel, and that becomes part of your, your energy cost. So, Ron, let me turn to you. You got that 20 year history with National Grid and a whole bunch of insight. How do you see the utility positioned to, to help support implementation of clean solutions that, that Joe's been talking about here? Yeah, Leo, uh, the the three-year plan that we're currently working on in Massachusetts, the amount of funding toward electrification by, I think, 2025 outpaces the amount of funding for energy efficiency. So the utility is transitioning from straight energy efficiency to support electrification. As Joe mentioned, there is a challenge on the service end because I used to live that world. It is complicated, multiple stakeholders easements, permits, the whole bit. So that's where I think there could be a better approach maybe to streamline that process. I'm not sure the utilities are there yet to really facilitate that. So more funding, but you still have some of the same challenges with regard to the infrastructure. Yeah, clearly. I mean, the utilities are that 800-pound gorilla in terms of incentives and prioritization. And often it, it, it significantly changes the, the payback of these solutions. I know we're seeing that uh, Joe Bliss at the Native Public Library, you know, the, what level of support we get, we'll, we'll decide uh, which solution we go up go with. So uh, if you go to the B2Q website, you guys have an outstanding set of uh, case studies. And um, rather than me pick my favorite one out of that, I just invite you to, to, to tell us a, sto- a story from, the, from those case studies that provide this example of, you know, what problem was the client struggling with or what solutions may they have tried and then how did B2Q's expertise help support the successful implementation? Yeah, Jody, I think uh, the Beverly Library project that you're going through right now is a great, great uh, case study. Maybe you want to take us through the, the history on how we got to where we're at now. Yeah, that, that is a great project. And similar to your experience in Natick, Joe, it's, a, it's another library that's seeking to electrify 
This time we're looking at geothermal, so we're looking at the highest possible equipment efficiency that we can provide for the library. So it was back in 2020, 2020-2021 timeframe, we performed a study for the city of Beverly to identify some different HVAC upgrade options for the library to figure out what was the most economical and highest energy saving solution that we could provide for the library. And ultimately what the city of Beverly selected was to proceed with a geothermal type solution. And since this completion of the study, we've progressed into design of that solution. We're in currently in schematic design phase and trying to determine the optimal system selection for the geothermal solution. It's been a very interesting process. You know, since the start of SD, Beverly has been secured almost just under $2 million worth of funding through those same sources that you mentioned, Joe, green communities, as well as the state and federal governments. And we've started testing the existing envelope to understand the existing construction U values, as well as the infiltration rates to help inform our design so we can try and minimize energy consumption as much as we possibly can before we install the new system. So Beverly's been very happy with the outcome of the study, and they've been very pleased with the, as the design has progressed, and we're certainly learning a, a lot as it continues. But just like Natick, they have a, a failed RTU compressor. They're limping along with one RTU, so we're trying to get this done as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think Beverly calls into into you know into focus a, a big paradigm shift that we're seeing that Joe was telling me about. You know, a lot of times when we come into buildings over the years, we've we've been coming in with the mindset of, you know, what can we do for the best bang for the buck? How can we get the payback as low as possible? You know, what? how do we get the 80% of the benefit for 20% of the cost? And things are changing a lot with electrification. You know, what we Joe's, Joe told me a story that we came into that project saying, you know, let's retrofit the RTUs with the geothermal. It's going to be less invasive. It's going to be less expensive. We can reuse a lot of what's there. And the city came back and said, you know, we understand it could be a little less expensive and a little less invasive, but we want to squeeze every every pound of CO2 we possibly can out of this building. And we're willing to pay pay the premium to get those get those extra benefits. And we've had that same experience with other towns, with Boston College, with other other um, clients where the old paradigm of, you know, let's take it as far as makes sense, you know, from a payback perspective is is uh, is evolving fast and and people are willing to willing to invest that extra money to get to get all the way to full net zero. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing on, on our end with the customers we deal with. There are more and more customers interested in the emissions, reducing emissions. So it's actually a good thing in engaging those customers to the, the more sustainable design. Yeah, that net zero language is absolutely everywhere, right? Every town has adopted some kind of net zero code uh, target as the state is Massachusetts and increasingly boardrooms uh, and uh, you know organizations as a whole embrace those. So let, let me just ask, we, we always like to kind of as we come to, to the end here, provide a call to action and, and a direction. And um, who who is the best person for B2Q to engage with in an organization? And when is the right time for that age that for that for that group to reach out to B2Q for guidance? Yeah, great question. So we we are very much our um, you know we speak the language of facilities administrators. You know we we know the people who run the buildings and deal with the challenges day to day. So. Um, those are often the people we deal with first, and we we love speaking with them. We do, like I mentioned earlier, we do have 
sort of a wide wide range of experience where we can talk dollars and cents with the accounting people we can talk you know chillers and boilers with facilities people but I would say that people who have a best the best sense of what the challenges are that they're dealing with day to day and what you know what it's going to take to fix those problems you know we would be a good place to start there and then we can like I said we take we like to take projects from soup to nuts from the initial study all the way through to the design construction commissioning so we try to be the same person you're dealing with all the way through and you know we can try and talk talk to everybody in the language that that resonates best with them Outstanding. Well, it's important work. So thanks for doing that work. So uh, Joe Bliss, Joe Boisvert, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be with us on Energy Matters too. We, uh, Ron and I, wish um, you and B2Q the best of luck moving forward. Thank, Thank you, you so much for the invitation. Thanks, guys. We look forward to working with you. So Ron, how's the uh, what's what's new on the AWE front as we wrap up? The next event is Keurig, Dr. Pepper Facility Tour. And then our annual golf tournament is scheduled for June, winding down the AWE season. So hope to see you at one of the events. Good stuff. Well, thanks for sharing that. So on behalf of Leah Ryan, Ron Galuli, this is uh, Energy Matters to you. Thanks so much to our B2Q guest. As always, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to you comes from Rise Engineering, Raytheon, Mechanical Insulation Solutions Network, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, FMC Technologies Incorporated, Acela Energy Group, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Sane Engineering Associates Incorporated, and B2Q Associates. For more from Energy Matters to You, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information from the Association of Energy Engineers, New England Chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.